Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness? Have you been considering seeing a therapist, but you're not sure where to start? BetterHelp will assess your counseling needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so you can start getting the support you need online in under 24 hours. Special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly to share a powerful collection of supportive techniques for anxiety relief. And this month, April, is the month for stress awareness. Stress Awareness Month has been held every April since 1992 to increase awareness about the causes and solutions of modern-day stress. And certainly we are all facing higher levels of stress probably than most of us ever have during this pandemic. And we're here for you and we hear you and we're rolling along the best we can as well. And today we're going to be offering you tips and suggestions to help you move away from stress. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. Here we are, Stress Awareness Month. It feels more like Stress Awareness Year. Yeah, I think we're all very aware of the stress. We're all feeling it. I was talking with a neighbor yesterday, and we were just sharing how it's been over the last few months with the loss of connection with loved ones during this pandemic, concern for loved ones. We've all got something a little different to share, something in common that we've all been going through, but our individual experiences within that are, of course, very different. And stress is one of the great public health challenges of our time. And it still isn't being taken as seriously as physical health concerns. Even though we know that stress is a significant factor in mental health problems, including anxiety and depression, but it's also linked to physical health issues like problems with our immune system insomnia, and digestive problems. Individually, we need to understand what's causing our personal stress and learn what steps we can take to reduce it for ourselves and those around us. And that's what we plan to do today. That information that I just shared with you is from the Stress Management Society. And I think there's some really interesting wording in there where the information says it's not been taken as seriously. Seriously, yeah. There's physical health concerns, even though it can often and very often is a precursor to physical health concerns, but also the wording that individually we need to understand what's causing us personal stress and learn what steps we can take to reduce it for ourselves and those around us. There's so much in that one paragraph. Of course, Ayurvedically, the emphasis really is on proactive self-care, looking at how things are affecting us and reclaiming our peace and our health as best we can, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But also looking at the overspill of stress, how our stress affects those around us and how everyone's stress is feeding back on on others. So it really is something that needs stepping back from and looking at 
and looking at how we can manage stress better and reduce its impact on our sleep and our mental well-being and our health. I think it's also important that we be as gentle with ourselves as we possibly can during this time and that we don't judge ourselves too harshly when we might be a little frazzled or we might be a little short-tempered or things might trigger us a little bit easier. I just bring up those three things because I've noticed that in my own household uh, where we are responding or handling things just a little bit more stressfully, if that, if that makes sense, than we, than we would have in the past, just because there's so much more that we're juggling. And so in the case of, of my marriage, Tom and I are making sure to let each other know when we get a little bit uh, too crunchy with each other and be a little bit more loving, a little bit more kind, a little bit more aware that whatever's coming out is generally not intended and to correct it as quickly as we can and to move on, not to hang on to it and feel bad about it, but to realize that there is a lot going on. Yeah, I think that's um, a beautiful sharing and just makes me think when we love others, when we respect others in our lives, how it's always important to slow down when things get hot, when things get fast with stress coming in. And part of love and respect is to be aware of the impact of our outpourings on others. And my daughter and I are also very careful to communicate if one of us is feeling a bit wrung out. Growing up, I was very impacted by, and still am, stress of others around me really causes me stress, distress. I'm very um, hyper aware of it. And so as a mother, I'm very keen not to pass that on. When we talk about stress awareness, it can be very internal. How are we experiencing stress and how is it overspilling from us? And to really take care to look at that and put the fire out before it really gets going. And there's so many causes all around us that we dance with that increase our levels of stress. The expectation to always be available, the mind getting exhausted by all of this. So let's dig into that expectation to always be available first. When I think about the, our mobile phones, our cell phones, and, and how that has changed. Do you remember, I mean, we, we're going to date ourselves, but remember when a fax machine seemed like <laughs> that yeah. was the expectation to always be available? Well, you know, the fax machine has nothing on cell phones, texting, and and social media, we get sucked into this vortex of feeling like we need to be and can be reachable anywhere and anytime, and that if we're reachable anywhere and anytime, then we have to be available anywhere and anytime. And, And with that increased connectivity becomes even more and more expectations to always be available. I'll I'll watch this with my husband sometimes. He's on call at work uh, more often than, than I like, uh, and has an expectation now of himself to always be available, even on the times when he's not on call, because it's become so ingrained. And so whether it's work-related or social, there, there's an increased expectation that 
once we're contacted by somebody, we should respond right now, immediately. And sometimes it's not even the other person that's applying the pressure. It's us. We're the ones putting that pressure on ourselves. Like the example I just shared, because we get into this cycle of, oh, well, there it is. I'll answer it. There it is. I'm picturing myself like at a fair where they have that little whack-a-mole game, you know, (laughs) (laughs) where you're just like, okay, I'm taking care of you and I'm taking care of you and and what's next. And so that puts you on high alert. Yeah. And actually that's a really good visual reference for me because those things are always popping up and needing dealing with. And I think um, for me with the technological sort of speed up we've had, I sometimes find it quite hard that you don't get a sense of completion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're working in a garden, and I often say this, like building a wall or doing something manual and simple and outdoors, at the end of the day, you can step back and say, look, I did that. Whereas when you're working with computers and technology, you're never really done. No, oh, the inbox is never empty, really. And I think that's where boundaries have to come in, mm-hmm. where we have to get to a point where for that day, it's time to walk away. It really feels like there's so many tabs open in our mind and it can be hard not to do the next thing and the next thing because you want to feel that sense of of completion that's not always available. So we have to give it to ourselves. We have to have that boundary where we say, okay, for today, that's that. And now I'm going offline. Right. Scheduling downtime is incredibly important. And as you know, I've been doing that for years because it's, it saves, it saves me. It, it keeps me in a joyful, happy place when I have spacious time, spaciousness, and don't have to be connected with uh, the electronics and, and so on. Also, I think setting a curfew as well, a contact curfew, where we have our phones and devices switched to do not disturb you know, at a certain period of time, or maybe you, you pick a time in the evening where that's it. And you don't look at your phone again until the next day, or you're offline until whenever. I realize it's different for everyone. But once you start doing that, once you start creating those boundaries and setting that, that curfew, if you will, it becomes easier and easier. And then you're doing yourself such a, a a service. You're giving yourself the gift of being able to relax because we get super, like we never come down from that being in the flow of that conversation, communication. You've done it. I've done it where you're just looping around. You fall down this hole, the, the rabbit hole of clicking from Facebook to Twitter, to Instagram, to this blog, to that thing. And then before you know it. And then that doesn't even include the people who are contacting you or the work you need to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's just too much. It's all too much. It's full on. And I think it's important that we all individually find what works for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to put all my devices on airplane mode at a certain time, or I have a VIP setting on my phone where a handful of people can reach me if they need to, but my phone's never in my bedroom with me. It stays in the lounge in the evenings, and it flips over onto Do Not Disturb around 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I have a landline just for my mother, <laughs> um, who's, who's 80 and likes to feel that she can get in touch with me 
So the landline is for her alone. I don't make outgoing calls on it. It's just there for her if there's an emergency and she needs to get in touch. And about 52 random people who'd like to scam me. Yeah, right. (laughs) So that's really unfortunate (laughs) because you're just keeping the landline for Ma. But even there, I'm looking at getting a phone that filters that kind of stuff out. So, you know, we need to make those practical steps of filtration where only the necessary, as much as possible, only the necessary is coming through to us but also in our minds and in our self-care and self-respect that we can set these boundaries. And it's okay to say to our friends and family, I'm fine, I'm going offline, and to give away that they can contact you if there's an emergency and they need to. Mm -hmm. We can set those boundaries and let people know. Yeah, we sure can. I'm here if you need me, but I'm not always going to pick up my phone because it drives me loopy. Yeah. I have a friend who's come off everything. If I want to contact her, I have to text or call. And I really respect that. She's come off all social media. Well, and that was her choice and and in her best interest. I I have a couple of of clients that I work with that are off social media as well. Hmm. And good on you if that's what you need to do. I'm not sure how much I would be there if it weren't for my businesses, if it weren't for the work that we do. Yeah. Uh, And the mind gets so exhausted by stress and all of these things cause stress. So if we're not doing these things and looking out for ourselves, then we're just going to get pulled into the undertow, which is why breathing breaks are so important. Scheduling breaks to breathe throughout the day to just stop. And right now, you know, join us right now and take a deep breath in through your nose. And then exhale. Drop your shoulders, relax your jaw. I mean, doesn't that feel better? Just one breath. And there's a counting breaths practice that's excellent. It's a simple technique that occupies your mind by keeping it focused on counting every time you exhale. So you'll breathe in and exhale for one, and then again for two, and so on and so forth. And this really helps relax and rest your mind and body. Take a few deep breaths. Let tension drain away. Let it all fall away from your shoulders. And I can feel it right now. If you could see me now, you'd be cracking up because I'm just kind of moving my shoulders and remembering not to have them up by my ears, getting ourselves into that practice of taking a break, breathing steadily, slowly, and quietly. Yeah, we carry so much tension in that trying to push through, trying to keep going. Mm -hmm. Our shoulders creep up and our hands become more tense and we get that tension in our jaw. And it's really important to consciously rest the mind. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, how the rate of our thoughts is directly connected to the rate of our breath. So when we're stressed and we're rushing and we're pushing through, our breath becomes shallow, our body becomes tense. We get this Mm -hmm. constriction in our chest and that feeds back into this stress cycle that's informing us. I'm stressed, I'm tense. And then we're, we're caught in that loop. Right. The second we stop and work with our breath and we take a breathing break, we're activating the relaxation response. We're telling our body, it's okay. I've got this. I'm taking a moment, taking a moment to relax, to drop the tension and take a look at myself and see, am I hydrated? Do I need to stretch out for a few minutes? And we are allowed 
to do that. We're, we do have permission to stop and take these breaks. So it's, it can be really helpful to schedule some breathing breaks during the day just to reset that tension, relax that tension and just check in. And it's surprisingly effective to do that. And it is, even if it's just for, you know, three or four or five rounds of your breathing. Join me now. Let's, let's do a, a counting breaths practice. So I invite you to just inhale and exhale naturally just a few times. Get yourself relaxed, comfortable, feet on the floor. If you're sitting down, make sure that your back is nice and straight. If you're lying down, just allow yourself to be as comfortable as you can, breathing naturally. Now inhale and count one to yourself as you exhale. Inhale again, and the next time you exhale, count two. On the next exhalation, count three. And continue this until you get to five. And then you can begin a new cycle, starting again with one on your next exhalation. Check in with yourself and see what you need. Five might be plenty, or you might want to go for another round of five. Just watch your breath and try to breathe deeply and steadily until you've counted to five. And then begin again. If you have the time, you can carve it out. We, we recommend that you repeat this cycle five times for a total of 25 inhalations and exhalations. Again, you're just counting your exhalation. And then just notice how you feel. Nature gazing is also something that both you and I do quite a bit. You were just out in nature yesterday, and I am out as often as I can be as well. Just allowing for a short period of time a day, it could be 15, 20 minutes a day to walk or sit in a place that makes you feel connected and grounded with nature. Just doing this will lower your stress hormone levels and make you feel so good. I walk to the post office each day, and that's about a 20 minute walk. And along the way, there's some beautiful trees and we're starting to see some grass. And yesterday I noticed the little crocuses popping up and the snowdrops. And this is a priority for me to just walk and notice and be in that space. And it's just become a part of my self-care routine. Nature gazing helps us relieve stress, anxiety, helps us get better sleep, helps us digest our food. and all of these things are so important to live the, the healthiest and best life we can and to have a calmer mind and to be in a place of understanding that, ah, you know, when I get outside, when I do these breathing practices, when I set boundaries for myself, all of this makes a difference and all of this contributes to my better health. Yeah, and only we can do it for ourselves true and often when we're stressed we don't take care of ourselves we don't prioritize self-care because we say we're too busy well that's all very well for some i don't have time we have to make the time for these things i was just reading this morning 
a report in a medical journal where they did saliva swab tests on people that were suffering high levels of stress. And they prescribed, they called it a nature pill. They were getting people to prescribe times in nature, 15 to 20 minutes in nature, and then taking this swab and showing the stress hormones coming down. Wow. That's for the pit of folk out there. Yeah. <laughs> Those intelligent, fire-minded souls. Yeah, I know who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing. So sometimes, you know, we read this stuff and we think, yeah, but I'm so, so stressed. And the response to that is not that it doesn't work. It's just that we need to do it more mm-hmm. and we need to do it over time and it needs to become a practice. After the break, we'll share how shifting your focus on where you spend your energy can transport you away from stress and anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness and preventing you from living your best life? There have been a few times in my life where I've needed some extra support and wish I had an option for online support. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. To be clear, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online, and their service is available for clients worldwide. You get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to leave your home. It's more affordable than traditional in-person counseling, and financial aid is available. You can start living a happier life today. Special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Let's talk about shifting our focus and how we can make choices and, and where we actually spend our energy. I think it's really interesting that as you put these notes together for us, Ananga, that you brought up the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I had just been thinking about this book. It's still one of my very favorite books that that I ever read uh, many, many moons ago. This book's been around for a while. And I used to teach and, and pass forward this circle of influence and concern that that you put in our notes today. And it just cracked me up because it came into my field of consciousness probably about the time you were creating the notes. So uh, there are there are no mistakes, right? Yeah, I remember reading this book many moons ago. And um, I had some friends that were facilitators for teaching mm-hmm. Seven Habits and learned a lot from them. And the teaching that really stuck with me is looking at this circles of influence and circles of concern. Very often with stress, we become overwhelmed. We're on autopilot. We become reactive and everything just feels too much. And this teaching from Stephen Covey helps us to sift through and take back some power and find ourselves in a place where we can make choices and we don't just feel a a victim of bombardment. He teaches that there are these two circles, the circle of influence, which represents the things we can do something about. For example, our lifestyle choices, hydration, diet, attitudes, what time we go to bed, the things that are within our control, the things that we can do something about. And then the circle of concern represents external factors over which we have no control. And so much stress comes to us from these 
external factors, things like the weather, the news, other people's behavior, the pandemic. These are all things which concern us deeply, but usually we can't do much about them. And that's where the mind gets hooked. The mind gets hooked on all these incoming things and we get exhausted and overwhelmed and we feel anxious. But this is where we have the opportunity to watch ourselves, observe ourselves and see, are we perpetuating the external stress or are we working with our circle of influence? See what we're drawn to watching, reading, chewing over, talking about, have a listen. What's our persistent subject matter that we talk about? And, and Covey invites us to look at where we are putting our focus on a regular basis and the effect that our focus has on our life. If we're focusing on our circle of concern, that circle becomes bigger and bigger and we can feel it pushing on our circle of influence, constricting and reducing it. But if we focus on our circle of influence and put our energy behind the things we can do something about, then our circle of influence grows as we work with what we can change and learn to re-empower ourselves by making better and better decisions, better lifestyle choices. And it's just amazing how this works. It's been something I've been practicing for years and years, and it is really very powerful. If we give our energy to external concerns, they will restrict and oppress us. Instead of growing, we'll be stunted. But by focusing on what you can control, right? The circle of influence, we become more effective in absolutely everything we do. Yeah. And, and how we focus has a direct effect on how much we experience stress. So very often we'll get caught up in the external stuff coming in mm -hmm. and we get tired and we get overwhelmed, but we have that opportunity to, to pause and say, oh, I'm getting out of balance here. I'm feeling too much, too much incoming. It's going to happen, but we have the opportunity to course correct. When we focus on external factors that we can't control, we become stressed and we waste time and energy fighting them, objecting to them, thinking about what we don't like, talking about what we don't like, and we get blown about by that kind of external stress and we get blown off course. But very often, these are things that we can't do something about and then we become outraged or we feel a sense of injustice often we become frustrated and we become exhausted and increasingly anxious so when we shift our focus to the area where we can do something even if it's a tiny something a small something it's empowering and that's a step in the right direction and here's a quick exercise that can help you find out where you're putting your focus and spending your energy it's called stress sorting I invite you to get a piece of paper and a pencil and draw a vertical line down the middle of the page from the top to the bottom. If you need to pause the podcast, go ahead and do so and then come back. And what you're going to do is label the left column outside and the right column inside. Very simple. Put some relaxing music on, maybe something about three to five minutes long. And for the duration of that music, just sit with your pen and paper, pencil and paper, and list your concerns, dividing them into the left and right column, the outside and the inside problems and issues that you're facing. If you're not sure what goes where, ask yourself, is this something I can do something about? And if you can, 
that goes in the inside column. If you can't, write it in the outside column. And when your time's up, just sit with your list and start looking through the inside column for areas that you can start taking action on. Choose a small starting point that you feel you can take action on quickly and note it down. Gaining clarity on the areas where we can take action and then taking that action is an important part of recovering from stress. All kinds of things can go in in either column depending on what we're going through on any given day. But just finding that small starting point where there is something we can do is really important in stopping the mind becoming low as well. Mm -hmm. To have that proactive spirit, something we can do to take action. And I would love it if our listeners share in our private Facebook group, how are you taking care of yourself? What have you identified that you're going to do something about? And what are you doing? It's really uh, helpful to give each other support and give each other ideas. And the stress organization that we referenced earlier have a challenge throughout April where they invite people to share what they're doing throughout the month of April each day to take care of themselves and to reduce their stress. And I'd love it if that was going on in our group and everyone shared a little something that they're doing each day and how they're doing with that. Each of us has the power to choose where we're putting our energy and attention, and we have the right to change it at any time. Thank you so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. If you love our podcast, please consider exploring our Patreon for loads of Anxiety Slayer extras for calming anxiety, including exclusive posts, guided meditations, tapping sessions, popular episodes from our archives, and so much more. You can learn more at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.